we have a singer. I'm just warning you, there was a singer outside my window. I can only hope she returns. It is Late Night Twitter with Rick Savage. I'm Rick Savage. Thank you for returning. Thank you for joining the party. We're up to episode five. I appreciate the reviews and the ratings and people listening, and this is all very exciting. I've had two sips of Jameson, so still sober. Still uh, would pass the breathalyzer, but it's Thursday night. It's a big night on Twitter, so I figure have a sip, have a taste. Yeah, it's uh, it's all Jay-Z tonight. Let's just, let's just cut to it. Jay-Z released his 444 album. I think that's how you say it. Maybe it's 444 a.m. I think because he wrote the song at 444 a.m., the song that's called 444 on the album. It doesn't matter. New Jay-Z album is out tonight, and if you look on Twitter, it's the greatest album of all time. Man, just sit with the album for three plays. I mean, the album's been out seriously like two hours now, and I've seen... So many, Jay back to his prime, best since the blueprint, la, la, la. Jensen, Jensen Carp, are you following Jensen? Uh, his handle is Jensen Clan 88 Jensen Carp, a.k.a. Hot Carl, formerly known as Hot Carl if you're a fan of late, no, early 2000s, uh, almost made it hip-hop stars. Jensen said, if you've ever listened to Jay-Z and thought, I wish this was more like My Chemical Romance, tonight must be a big night for you. Yeah, Jay-Z got emo. He's more self-aware. He's acknowledging his mistakes. He's bragging about being a billionaire. Usual rapper stuff. But yeah, let's ease up on the instant classic. Spend a weekend with it. Talk to me on Monday. Listen to it on the 4th at a barbecue. Does it still hold up then? Maybe we'll do a couple more J tweets just to acknowledge uh, how massive the story is on Twitter tonight. Um, Shea Serrano, a wonderful author, has a book called The Hip Hop Yearbook. Is that what it's called? The Rap Yearbook? I'm looking at my bookshelf. I got books. I read. Uh, he wrote a great book where he goes year by year and picks the most important rap song from each year and explains it. Anyways, uh, his tweet, Jay really made an, I'm 47 years old and a dad and husband, and I've made some mistakes, but also learned a lot of shit rap album, and it's great. Dragonfly Jones, only tweeted once during my first listen, was literally speechless. It's flawless in the truest sense of the word. Not one down moment. I'm in awe. Okay, bro. Are you, hold on. I need to go to his feed to see if he's being a little ironic. No, he's not. That was sincere. Not doing the classic talk. This album is perfect, though. It feels really special. We'll revisit this in a few months. Yeah, maybe one more listen. Maybe listen to it three times before you say it's flawless. It's a perfect album. It's Sgt. Pepper's. It's Green Day Dookie. That might just be me. Also, I also I love that Nicki Minaj is tweeting about her new song with Calvin Harris right now. No one cares. Might be a great record. No one cares. If you're in music right now, don't tweet anything. There's not that many big releases this week. I think everyone was like, no, oh, Jay-Z's putting out the album? Okay, cool. We'll just, we'll, we'll catch you. We'll cut you in a couple weeks. The other thing I love is uh, I've seen several people post screenshots of them listening to the Jay-Z album, but it's in iTunes already. So you're just publicly admitting that you stole the album? I've seen that from musician friends too. Like I follow this, I'm not going to say his name, but uh, a friend of mine who's in a pretty established rock band posted screenshots of his phone listening to the new Jay-Z album, but it's in iTunes. So you're a, you're in a band 
and you stole someone else's music. Mm. Not cool. And don't post that on the internet. All right. I think that's probably enough Jay-Z talk for now. There's, there's lots of other things going on. Uh, and again, if this is the first time listening, I got a no politics rule. It's tough today. There's many things directly related to Twitter that we could go into on the political front. I'm going to avoid it. I will say, though, big fan of Seth Meyers. Always thought Seth was great, but the the show has definitely found the groove. His closer look segments are just wonderful. That's kind of politics, but we're not going to, you know what I mean? We're not going to go, like, deep. I guess the other big story today on Twitter was the Jenner sisters. Kylie and Kendall, billionaire 14-year-old girls or whatever they are, released some T-shirts today. And these T-shirts were vintage shirts with the images of Notorious B.I.G., Tupac, The Doors, Kurt Cobain, Ozzy Osbourne. And then their twist, their little upsell, was they put their own face on top of that. And and they just like screen printed a photo of their own face over like The Doors. Sold them for $125 on their website and asked zero permission for this. Just kind of went rogue as if they're going to be under the radar. Like there's some cool streetwear brand and no one's going to notice when the fucking Jenner sisters release $125 t-shirts. The responses were incredible. They were only up for like, I don't know, maybe an hour or two and then they were taken down. But Valletta Wallace, Notorious B.I.G.'s mother, released a statement saying, we were not approached about this. We didn't give approval. This is against, you know, blah, 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 since cease and desist orders. So it all came down really quick. But the arguably the greatest response was from the manager of the doors and uh, and Jim Morrison's estate. It's in a Rolling Stone article they called and asked for a statement. I don't know if I, I mean, I guess I can read the whole thing. Why not? In response to the shirts, uh, what's his name? Jeff. Jeff Jampole, manager of the doors and the Jim Morrison estate said, who oh boy. This is a case of people who fashion themselves as celebrities who are being famous for being well-known but don't actually do anything, trying to utilize and steal and capitalize on the legacies of those who actually did do something and created amazing art and messages. It's ironic at least and criminal at worst, both morally, ethically, and artistically. They're obviously attention-sinking missiles. who craves celebrity and being well-known but don't actually do anything. It's the polar opposite of the artists that they're trampling all over. It's just spitting in the face and on top of art and message and soul and legacy. Can't really argue with that. I don't understand how... Like, it's really easy to make fun of the Kardashians, but, I mean, they're a a billion-dollar family? More? Close to a billion? I don't know. They're doing pretty good. They've got 27 different TV shows and lip gloss lines and whatever else. So how, like, they don't have a legal team that they run their product releases through. They just was, the girls were like, man, we're going to put our face over Tupac and see what happens. And Chris was fine with that. None of this adds up. And of course, they apologized on Twitter. Coincidentally, not on Instagram, though. Don't want to, don't want to clog up the feed if you got to sell flat tummy tea. That's a real thing, by the way, that they sell. But, uh, but they apologized, took down the t-shirts, you know. We'll go back to forgetting about that tomorrow. All right, let's see what else is going on here. Newsweek fidget spinners are catching on fire. Oh, instant click. Do do you have a fidget spinner? We had a couple at the office for a minute, and I I played. I, I tried. I couldn't figure out. 
the fidget spinner was too complicated for me. I tried to do like the tricks, people throwing them in their hands and stuff. I couldn't figure it out, but evidently they're catching on fire. Fidget spinners have saturated middle schools and office cubicles at an astonishing rate since sketching hold of the blah, 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 blah. Gizmodo on Thursday pointed to two recent instances of Bluetooth-enabled fidget spinners going up in flames while they were charging. Oh, is that how you get the ones with, like, the lights and stuff? In Alabama, a fidget spinner owned... Gonna, gonna, gonna pass on the Alabama joke. A fidget spinner owned by the son of Gardendale woman Kimberly Ellums caught fire after being plugged in for less than 45 minutes. In Fenton, Michigan, Michelle Carr said her spinner started smoking after charging for less than half an hour. You gotta... You gotta you're buying a fidget spinner that you have to plug in? Seems like a lot of work. I love that those became cool. And I can't make fun of it because I remember pogs and stuff. In Fresno, California, police find $1 million worth of stolen bees in Beehive Chop Shop. Boing, boing. Boing, boing is the website and Twitter account that posted this. There's underground bee trading? That's incredible. The sheriff's arrested Pavel Tervenitov. Sure. A beekeeper who faces 10 years if convicted. A warrant has been issued for his alleged accomplice, Vitaly Yozhoshenko, who is still at large. What weird mafia ring are they part of? Chance the Rapper was on Wildin' Out tonight. Unrelated Wildin' Out is still a TV show. Way to go, Nick Cannon. Oh, we could dive into this here. LA Weekly tweeted about Rodney. We talked to Rodney Bingenheimer about his K-Rock firing and his move to Sirius XM. So that's great. So Rodney got a got a got arguably a better gig, I guess. You know, he was he's been at K-Rock for 40 years. He was on from midnight to 3 a.m. Sundays, which gives him the freedom to play whatever he wants, but also puts him on from midnight to 3 a.m. on Sundays. So not a lot of listeners. So now he's moving over to Sirius. If you have Sirius, he's on Little Steven's Underground Garage, which is what channel? I haven't had Sirius in a while. Uh, it doesn't say in this article, but Little Stevie's Underground Garage starting Sunday, July 16th from 6 to 9 p.m. He's considering, I love this, he's considering keeping the name of the show as Rodney on the Rock, but spelled R-O-C-K instead of R-O-Q, like K-R-O-Q. Oh, that's so great. I, I just love that Rodney's going to be on the radio still. This article talks about how he first discovered Nina's 99 Luff Balloons, and he said he had Chris, Christian F. on, and I asked her what was popular in Germany at the time. She had a tape recorder of the song and held it up to the mic so we could play it. I got so many calls, I ended up getting a copy and playing it regularly, then K-Rock started playing it all the time, too. How cool is that? Before the internet, he would call friends in different countries and ask them what was popular in their town, play it over the phone, and people were listening that closely that they would call in and want to hear more. He used to do that when I was there. He had a thing called London Calling with Lisa, I think. He would call her. This was never like pre-recorded. He would literally pick up the phone that was in the studio. He would call her in London and then patch in the call to the board and then bring it up on the air. And they would just talk about whatever was happening in London. And I think that's how he got like Amy Winehouse really early and Coldplay and all this stuff. Oh, Rodney's the best. So it's awesome that he's still going to be on the radio moving to Sirius. If a Jay-Z song streams on Tidal and no one is there to hear it, does it make a sound? Ooh, shots fired from V-Luck. Yeah, it made a sound, bro. The whole internet was talking about it. Whether listened to it on Tidal or stole it two minutes after it was on Tidal, the whole internet was talking about Jay-Z tonight. <laughs> Dana Schwartz with three Z's at the end of her name. This is the best short story I have ever read, and it's a retweet of the AV Club. 
their headline, Corey Feldman briefly halts show to hunt around for his missing tooth. Yeah, he's still out there playing shows. He plays uh, Viper Room every now and then. He plays that place in Manhattan Beach, St. Rock. Is that what it's called? It's like right there on PCH. I've seen his name on that billboard a, a few times. You just go see Corey Feldman and the and the Corey's Angels dancing and performing. And if you've never seen this live, you should immediately... Why are you listening to me? Immediately go to YouTube and just type in Corey Feldman live. The performances that are out there, I mean, from the Today Show all the way to like, uh, you know, iPhone recorded from a, from the Viper Room. Wow. Guys on another level. Still doing the MJ impression, though. Still holding on to the Michael Jackson impression. Complex News tweeted, this dude learned the hard way that Monopoly's get-out-of-jail-free cards don't work. Did someone really try to give a cop a jail out of free? Minnesota. Okay. Minnesota man discovers they're not real. Sure. Dakota County Deputy Mike Vi stopped him. Had an outstanding warrant. And he handed a get-out-of-jail-free card from a Monopoly board game. I hope he didn't really think it was real. Maybe he did. That's fine. I do remember rummaging through my dad's stuff once, and there was a get-out-of-jail-free card courtesy of the Chicago Police Department. And it had the Monopoly guy. What's his? The bank, the banker? Monopoly man? Hold on. He's got a name. What's his name? Rich Uncle Pennybags. Is that a rapper? Rich Uncle? Rich Uncle Pennybags? Okay, Monopoly Man's name is Rich Uncle Pennybags. Anyways, my old man had this card, and it had the Monopoly Man like caricature on it, and it said, one, get out of jail free, Chicago PD. And uh, he kind of just gave me a wink when I asked him about it. So I wonder if, you know, back in the day, if you knew the right cops, they'd give you a little like, all right, we'll, we'll look the other way on this heist. Not saying my dad was a bank robber, just saying. I love I love Twitter accounts that kind of get it. I started following Break at B R E A K Break. Remember the website Break? I started following their Twitter account, and they're just funny and self deprecating and silly. And I, I think this is one of those great examples where they hire a social media person that also is a writer, so you get kind of creative social commentary. But evidently, you know, people people would still use the at sign when they're saying at a location on Twitter. Oh God, there's voices. We just walked walk to fucking Whaler. We had the address fucking wrong. Okay. Still no singer, but, you know, little people lost on the boardwalk. Uh, where was I? So anyways, you know, people use the at sign when they say, uh, I'll meet you at wherever. But if you don't put a space in there, it, it tags an account. So this sweet, sweet teacher named Mrs. Wilkinson tweeted, Remember, there is a cake and book sale tomorrow in the English department at break time. But she Use the at sign and didn't put a space. So it just said at break. So break retweeted. This probably wasn't meant for us, but it sounds awesome. Shout out to Mrs. Wilkinson's bake sale. I miss those things. I think that was great. I feel like we need to bring back like maybe office inspired bake sale. We could all bring in brownies and cookies and a fellow kid from kid and play. Cause that's how I do kid from kid and play is his handle. Because let's be very literal with this. He's kid from kid and play. And he just tweeted, Doy yours, doy yours, doy yours. Is that racist if it's not Mexican people saying doyers? I feel like that's a little racist. I would not feel comfortable as a generic white guy saying doyers. <laughs> I don't know how some of this gets retweeted into my timeline, but it does. And that's the beauty of Twitter. 
Someone very innocently asked, question for people with penises, how many of you don't use your hands when you pee? Okay, interesting question. I'm not sure where it's going. First response, I mean, it depends where I'm at. Like if I'm peeing into a sink, there's no way I'm using my hands because I'll need those for balancing. True, (laughs) true. And then that spiraled into, why are you peeing in a sink? Because it's there, obviously. Someone else. Earlier this year, I had awful roommates who complained that I was noisy when I had to pee at like midnight. So I just peed in the sink. And then another guy, wait, I pee in the sink all the time. God, dudes are the best. Dudes are the best slash worst. Do you remember last podcast where I defended DJ Khaled and said he wasn't exploiting his baby because his baby's executive producer, which means it's basically insurance and that the baby will receive royalties for those album sales for his entire life. And that's a great thing. Okay, well, that's all still true. I would like to say it's a little weird that Assad not only has Twitter and Instagram accounts, but yesterday did a Twitter (laughs) Q&A. Six months old. Assad, you should produce Justin Bieber's next album. Of course. Hey, Justin Bieber, what's good? No. I mean, I think it's kind of funny that he has social accounts and if Khaled wants to post like cute photos over there, I mean, he's an adorable baby, so I get it. But like (laughs) we're doing Q&As, we're doing Twitter Q&As with a six month. Oh, Alex Putterman. In the past 64 days alone, we've seen substantial layoffs at ESPN, SI, Fox Sports, Yahoo, HuffPost and MTV News. What an industry. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough being a writer right now. I mean, God bless MTV News. They were doing cool work. They were doing long-form stuff. It was still kind of pop culture leaning, but it was smart, and it was targeting a younger demo, and it didn't work. And there's a lot of people saying, I guess kids don't want to read. And then there's a lot of people defending that and saying, of course kids want to read. Well, not enough. It's really hard to defend that style of journalism if there's not enough numbers to produce the ad revenue. So I love what MTV News is trying to do. It's a little hard to defend that. It's like people that complain that MTV doesn't play videos. Right, but people don't want to watch videos on TV anymore. They can watch them on the internet. Remember when MTV2 launched? I remember. They played that Thursday video over and over and over, understanding in a car crash. So that would have been, what, 2002? Something like that. I don't know if that's when it launched, but that's when I got familiar with MTV2. It was all videos. And then about six months in, they started playing Jersey Shore repeats because no one was watching the videos. And then there was MTV Jams, and about seven people watched that. People aren't going to sit around on a TV and watch and wait for their favorite video, like the Top 20 Countdown. I remember watching. I remember watching and, and waiting and hoping they would play Sweet Child of Mine. You know why? Because there wasn't a computer I could go watch it instantly on. So it's a little, you know, you can't really blame MTV if kids aren't going to sit at home and watch videos when they can watch it on their phone. Same thing. You can't really blame MTV News. If there's a lot of traffic going to MTV News and then they could sell that traffic, then they wouldn't have had to do the layoffs. So the demand certainly isn't there. Of course, there are smart kids that want to read and learn and and that's great. There's also a lot of kids that just want to play on Snapchat and fidget spin. Oh, I know what I can end on. Do you use TimeHop? TimeHop is a wonderful app that'll go back through your social uh, history and it'll remind you what you tweeted last year on this date, five years ago on this date, eight years ago on this date. Some embarrassing stuff in there. I got to be honest. I'm usually pretty good about what I put on social, sometimes not so much. 
This one was good, I thought. It was a tweet from eight years ago yesterday. I was just hit in the head by a stripper's boot. I wish I was joking. A couple things. Number one, it wasn't a full... I remember, obviously I remember how often you get hit in the head with a stripper boot. It was a friend's girlfriend's birthday, I think. And she was like, let's go crazy. Let's go to a strip club. But then we went to like one of those strip clubs where they wore bikinis. So there was, it wasn't like a strip. It was like, you know, I was like, they're wearing bathing suits up there. And me and some friends were sitting front row having a cocktail, tipping the girls as they dance. Too much information probably, but like lab dances are kind of weird. So I'd rather just go and have a drink and like support the girls that are out there dancing uh, and not necessarily like, okay, we don't need to get into <laughs> This is another thing I should probably edit out, but it's kind of funny. So I'm sitting in the front row. I remember I was looking down. I must have been getting like cash out of my wallet or something, but I was seated looking directly down, not at the stage, not at the girl in front of me. And then whap and was knocked out of my chair down to the ground. My hat went flying. And evidently the girl was doing the spinnies, the spinnies on the stripper pole and had super long legs and whipped around and twacked me on the head with her big old stripper boot, knocked me out of the chair. I got up and kind of looked around and was confused and friends were laughing and other friends were making sure I was okay. And I was a little, I was a little out of it. I was probably concussed. I was probably partially concussed. And she put my hat on. I remember that too. My hat, it was like kind of like a fedora thing, but a little less douchey, but kind of douchey. It was like, you know, 2009 or something. And she put, she put the fedora on her head and like kept dancing. I think maybe she like leaned down and said, sorry. And then just went back to her routine. And like, that was it. No one batted an eye. No one offered me a free drink. No management came over and was like, we're so sorry. Would you like a lap dance? And I tried to play it down, but I probably could have sued. It could, it could, you know, how weird would that be? What if I would have sued and instead of cheetahs, it was Rick's cheetahs and I was a strip club proprietor and you never would be hearing this podcast because I'd be at a strip club right now. Anyways, all I'm saying is time hops great. So here's kind of a, a silly one. Hannibal Burris, wonderful comedian. You should definitely follow him. You should watch all the specials are on Netflix and HBO or whatever. He is in the new Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Homecoming. So he couldn't make the red carpet premiere, so he tweeted, does anyone look like me uh, and have good comedic timing? And found someone, I guess some uh, actor that kind of looks like Hannibal, but not really. And it certainly fooled some people, because on the red carpet, there's definitely interviews with him as Hannibal Burris. Hold on. I'm here with Hannibal Burris. So tell me, what is it like to be part of such an incredibly huge universe like this? You know, it was a great opportunity. Spider-Man's huge. You know, we grow up watching Spider-Man. So to play Coach Wilson, working with the cast, this was a great time. I, I had a blast, and, you know, I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world. Did you have <laughs> I like that she also called him Hannibal Paris. So she didn't know who Hannibal Burris was, certainly didn't know that this wasn't Hannibal Burris, and on top of that called him Hannibal Paris. But he played it off. All right, I think we're good. Trying to figure out a good cadence for this. I'm thinking like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing. Feel like to start the week, to end the week, then maybe somewhere in the middle. It's nice to space it out. I can't do a podcast every day, even if they're quickies. That's uh, that's pretty intense. So I'm thinking Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Let's see how that goes next week uh, after the 4th of July, of course. Hope everyone has a wonderful holiday. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, at Rick Savage. Late night Twitter, Rick Savage. I'm Rick Savage. Please rate, review, subscribe. It means a lot. Trying to break that top 200 in the comedy charts. Got to be honest, I check it every now and then. 
haven't got there just yet, but maybe with your help, so tell a friend or whatever. Okay, have a good weekend. I'll talk to you next week. Hi, welcome to this Subway ad for the all-new Pit Smoke Brisket. How would you like it? I'll take a man who knows what's what. Y'all know what? The all-new Pit Smoke Brisket at Subway is smoke slower and a slug going up a down escalator. That's what. I'm talking tender, juicy brisket, naturally pit smoke for at least 13 hours. What's more, it's got layer after layer of smoky flavor. Smoked cheddar and barbecue sauce on delicious Italian bread. Mmm, Subway, make it what y'all want, what not. Limited time only at participating restaurants.